The magic of music is its power to connect, to inspire and cross borders. However, most music nowadays is consumed through playlists created by algorithms. And these playlists, they tend to keep us in our bubble and withhold us from experiencing new sounds. In this podcast series, we introduce you to musicians you might have never heard of. This is Music Meetup. Welcome to Music Meetup, the podcast by the Music Meeting Festival. Music Meetup is based on a concert by two artists. They are invited to join forces in a spontaneous and sometimes even improvised collaboration. In this podcast, we get to know the people behind the music. Our talks are just as improvised as the concerts, so we've put a big bowl with questions on the table that can take us anywhere and everywhere. My name is Rufeida Abu Talib. I'm an artist and the host of this show. In this episode, we meet Maria Portugal. She's been active in the Brazilian music scene since the age of 16 and has toured almost every continent. Her main project is the Brazilian instrumental group Quarta B. Her music meetup was with Romain Bly. Romain spent a big chunk of his life in Paris, where he studied trumpet and French horn. He's a composer, arranger, and part of Bonsai Panda, Stargaze, the New Rotterdam Jazz Orchestra, and many other projects. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. Oh, you were so in sync. You said it at exactly the right time or exactly at the same time. Drummers. <laughs> Is it because you're so synchronized because of the playing? You just did, you think? Uh, yeah, we've been listening to each other for sure and trying to feel each other. Yeah, that has been the, the exercise this morning. So maybe there is a bit of that. Oh, no, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Could you guys maybe tell us a bit about how you first met? Well, actually, we first met in um, Den Bosch mm-hmm. and at the Stranger Than Paranoia Festival. In the Tonsal, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was playing with Paul von Kemenad and Jasper van Tihof. And Romain was playing with Bonsai Panda, which is my new favorite band. <laughs> I really love their, their, their music. And I bought, uh, no, you, you, gi- you gave me all your merchandise and I have it all now, like this scarf and the album. And yeah. <laughs> so you started out as a fangirl of the band of, uh, of Romain. Exactly. That's how it yeah. happened. I started as a, as a backstage hang and uh, we, we were playing in different days as well. So I couldn't even hear Maria. So otherwise I would have become a fangirl as well. Um, <laughs> uh, so we didn't meet musically then. And how did it happen that you ended up in this room musically together today? I think it was Vim's idea. Uh, I don't know, actually. It's a mystery. Um, Yeah. No, I don't really know. I think, I mean, you, you, because you've been immersed, I, I can imagine you have some connection with music meeting already and they were thinking about you. And I think the idea of this, um, this series of, 
uh, 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 duets is also to put people together that don't necessarily uh, know each other. So I think that was the idea to uh, to curate something that could be fun. They were right. Um, uh, in my case, I think I don't know because uh, I think um, might uh, we we know each other by name, but we also never met. So I actually don't know. But it happened. It's a big mystery, <laughs> but it happened and it was very enjoyable. <laughs> so how did you guys yes. go about your collaboration? How did you shape your collaboration? Um, so we had this Zoom meeting, right? Uh, that was like um, uh, the first step. And you might see a little bit of that, actually. I don't know. Uh, because we recorded it. But uh, uh, yeah, about two weeks ago, we just uh, called and just made sure that we didn't want to prepare anything. <laughs> because we both <laughs> had the feeling, but we had... To check with each other, um, uh, it would have been fine as well if, like, we were in the. It was a good timing with something you would have written or I would have written that we wanted to try. But uh, we we felt more like uh, improvising would be fun, and since we really didn't know each other, it's such a luxury to be to have uh, all the logistic and all the people around and have something organized for you to be uh, completely free for twenty minutes and uh, not expect anything. So that was a. Uh, yeah, great. And what kind of rules or what kind of framework did you use in, in collaborating today? I I proposed, uh, I think it was one of the few things that we proposed ourselves. Uh, I proposed to, to Homan that we used uh, an exercise uh, of improvisation that I've learned together with Maggie Nichols, who's a great singer um, from Scotland, actually. And which is like... Um, go with your breathing so you it's very simple you only breathe in and when you breathe out like you do a sound and this sound goes up until your air ends that's it and then you do this together with other people it can be in the same pitch or can be not in the same pitch it doesn't matter so uh we t we mm, agreed that it was a good way to start with you know that's it. We we had a starting point. Yeah, yeah. That that was pretty it. <laughs> and also Maria came with the other, the second idea that framed the thing is uh, I I actually didn't think I would play the drums um, at all because uh, I don't know why actually. But then you actually said, but if you play the drums, let's do a symmetrical idea that we have both the drums and both a singing instrument her being the voice and me being the trumpet uh and yeah i thought that was uh that was that was basically the two only things that kind of framed the work of this morning and the time of course and how did that symmetry influence uh what you brought to the occasion how did that uh I like this disposition very much. Um, and, and regarding two drums, it's very nice that, that you, you don't have the responsibility because usually drummers have some responsibility. Sometimes it's, it should be, I don't know, like some inner responsibility of keep, keeping on playing, you know? Keeping time and keeping <laughs> yeah. pulse. And uh, yeah, playing. mostly, of course, in, in, pop mm. environment uh this is usually the case so we are if if you do this kind of music a lot like pop even jazz as well and like music with with a beat then you get kind of con conditioned to have to play all the time and then 
when you have another drummer, it's so nice because uh, you don't have to play all the time. And it's like, and the, 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 like the, conduction of the of the flow the music flow can be switching from one to another so like it's super interesting it's like uh, you a universe of possibilities i felt like we could be here like for three hours only experimenting switching from one to the other and mixing and blending so it's super nice it's super interesting actually. yeah so for the people that haven't seen the concert yet but are listening to this podcast uh, Roma and Maria were playing both behind a drums, drum, drum kit and were both using their voices in a way that Roma plays, uh, played the trumpet and, and Maria sang. This thing that you explained now, Maria, about uh, shifting perspective on specific functions in music, is that something that you also apply in life in other ways? Wow, that's a philosophical question. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I think that um, I, I am very interested in the use of space in music. Uh, I think it's, uh, it is another musical parameter but sometimes we don't acknowledge that so much uh but it it interferes so uh, it's 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 another parameter that that we work with that includes uh of course imagining spaces and creating spaces virtual spaces um with reverbs and things like that and with uh for example when you when you are producing like to to put position uh instruments in the space so yeah it's like it, it's so interesting and we don't we sometimes uh we don't explore that so much you know so when we have that like uh it's it's so nice to to think it another way you know what I mean? Like when you when you have a a, a drums a drum kit in, on one side, a drum kit on the other side, it's not a common way of disp disposing this this yeah. instrument. You know? Are you ready to grab your first question, Roma? Sure. That's kind of hockey game. <laughs> yeah. All right. Should I? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Take that one. All right. So that's for me. Yeah. Oh, that's for okay. For okay. both of you. Why and for whom do you create? Mm. I have no clue why. Uh, uh, do you remember how it started? except that there is this like little kind of bubble inside that um, pushes you to do something like there is no big purpose of course you can have like a commission if you work for theater or for dance that's why you create you create because you're asked to but uh, for something that comes from yourself uh, 
the why would be a, maybe a, a combination of uh, the right time, uh, maybe with the right people and the right moods as well. Um, uh, it's kind of known that when you're sad, you want to write stuff maybe more than when you're happy. Because when you're happy, you just want to go to the beach and just play <laughs> volley or something. But then when you <laughs> feel a little bit more depressed or maybe that you miss something or uh, that's maybe when you want to create. And uh, and for whom, I would say I never composed for any project where I wasn't involved. So I would always write for me and my fellow band members if I had to write something uh, yeah or maybe there's a question the why question goes maybe a bit further back than just to, like why would you pick up an instrument today is not the same question as why in your core as a human are you a uh, musician uh, yeah that's a horrible question. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's cool. I mean, it's just, uh, it's horrible because we, it's hard to answer. I would have like to go think for an hour and then come back <laughs> and let you know about the Maybe answer. Yeah. You know Maybe about it? But if you know about it, please answer and then I'll, I'll have time to think. No, I, I really, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's a awful question, but it's a good question. And nowadays, I think we are posing ourselves that question mm. often. Um, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna es escape a little bit of the, <laughs> of the answer paraphrasing, um, paraphrasing. I don't know how to spell, how to pronounce it, that, that word in English, but, um, a, a, a musician that I love, uh, who's called Uwe Schmidt, Schmidt, sorry, Uwe Schmidt. And, um, he's, he's very known as his atom. TM Elias. And I was uh, hearing a podcast with him the other day. And he said that um, these days are very challenging be because the artists are being challenged of thinking about how can they do uh, a thing that it's not reproducible, that nobody, no machine can reproduce because we are entering in an age in which uh, everything that repeats itself can be reproduced in, I mean, sooner or later, right? Uh, with robots and in artificial intelligence. And so, so what he was thinking, and I totally agree, is that every artist should think about it and think about what, the, what do they do that is not reproducible by a machine or anybody else. What is really unique on everybody? And, and I think that's a great, I don't know if there is an answer for that. Maybe everything is, is, can be reproduced by a machine in the end. But it's a good question to, to you, ask ourselves. Do you, you know? find that important for yourself as a maker? Also that it's... Uh as unique as it can be in yeah and and i d i don't think uniqueness is originality that i think it's different um because originality doesn't doesn't exist actually if you if you use a drum kit or use like a trumpet or a piano it's like you know it's it's it, been done before yeah so <laughs> but but it's it's more about uniqueness like how do you 
put these different uh, pieces of paper together, you know, and and like pieces of paper that you that you stole that steal from other people. How do you make your own collage, you know, of I don't know artistic personality? Mm. And yeah, but I think it's really important. I mean, like to really. I, I mean, there's there's so many people doing music in the world, you know. Why are you doing something which is not you, you know what I mean? Maria, are you ready to grab your first question? Yeah. Let's see. Which concert changed your life and how? Well, many concerts changed my life. Uh, it's hard to pick one. Mm. A concert that I played or a concert that I saw? Probably a concert that I saw, right? You can decide for yourself. <laughs> You have an idea? Uh, yeah, I have a few things coming in mind. I saw, like, I was I was working um, uh, in um, in uh, La Salle Playel in Paris when I was uh, when I was young student around eighteen, and uh, um, just as a side job. And so, uh, uh, the La Salle Playel is the Doulon of uh, Paris, basically, uh, where uh, um, the orchestra plays. Concert played. hall, yeah. Concert hall, Philharmonic hall. Uh, and I was just giving the tickets, but then once the tickets are done, then you can just jump in the in the room. So I saw many concerts, but I I, I remember this um, production of Turan Galila uh, from Olivier Messiaen, which is the only work he he did with like a big orchestra. But that's not big; it's just humongous. You have like really two hundred people on stage and like so many percussion and stuff. And I think that was like a real slap in the face when I when I saw that and like the, the power of having so many people on stage, like uh, this is uh, uh, really incredible, like a wall of sound and like also beautiful music. So yeah, that was. Uh, yeah. And in which way did that impact you? So what did you take from it? Uh, just that um, I think it's mainly the feeling of uh, live music, like, um, it's a more general thing that every concert, like concerts you really enjoy, you think there is really something special about discovering music live. Like, because I never heard that piece before. That's also why the impact is so big. And I, I just realized, and that happens every time I discover a, a new band or a new piece live for the first time. It's nothing like discovering music on Spotify for sure. Uh, I also saw, actually, I've seen you uh, in quite big formations also. I've seen you play in quite uh, large orchestras orchestras and ensembles. Uh, probably, but that's w why I came here to the Netherlands. To, to I really thought I would get a chair in an orchestra. And here I am, freelancing. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I must have done that. Uh, and I did that, and that's also why I play these instruments because the orchestra instruments and if i play the french horn that's definitely because that's maybe another concert that made me switch from trumpet to french horn is the sixth of beethoven 
the, the pastoral, uh, where if you play second trumpet, you have one note to play at the end of the storm. And if you miss that note, you miss your gig. And I was that trumpet uh, person. And in front of me, I had the two horns there, just playing all the time and having so much fun. <laughs> I thought like, why the doot? Am I not playing my favorite instrument? Yeah. You know, and everyone was pl playing their favorite instrument. I was with the trumpet and looking at the French horn on the other side. So, yeah. <laughs> that made me realize like uh, you should always play your favorite instrument. And if you have several favorite instruments, just play them all. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you play them well or not, but you're going to have fun. You know? That's a good yeah. advice. Yeah. Cool. Romain, are you ready to grab another one? How do new ideas, sounds, or concepts come to life? How do new ideas, sounds, or concepts come to life? Hmm. By doing them. Do you just start with with the writing? Is there is there always just um, do they mm. do the ideas behind it come to exist after you started making them? New pieces, for example? It's a very good question. <laughs> you have very good questions and also these. <laughs> well, I, I think, would you, would you start, would you, you're, you're a great improviser. Do you start composing usually with improvising or do you have something in your head? I was about to think, like, do you have something in your head that, and you want to reproduce that or you just start by doing and then you see what comes? I think both are true, actually even though it's much harder to reproduce something that's in your brain because it always sounds better in there <laughs> <laughs> than uh, on, on MIDI sounds. It's never going to be a, the same concept. There is something way more, a bit more cerebral about putting things on paper from something you're thinking of. If you know the, the lineup of a piece you have to write, sometimes I'm tempted to already start a bit on Sibelius and to really start with writing notes. With lineup, you mean if you know which musicians you have to write yeah, for? Yeah, for instance, yeah. Oh, yeah, like you would know the you would know the the instruments, but not the musicians. Then that'd be uh, that'd be sometimes a way. If you know the musicians, it's actually nice to go visit them and to see what they uh, and maybe jam with them because in the end they're going to be playing it. Uh, nice jamming is a great way to start ideas. Anyway, start concepts, start ideas like. It's, it almost works every time if you uh, jam with the right people like that you end up going home with two hours on a Zoom recording and then you start chopping and come back to rehearsal and try consolidating it. That's a great way of making music, I think. Yeah. So this is finding inspiration in the people. Yeah. Yeah, because once again, I never compose like, I never, like I'm not a composer, so I will never get commissioned to write a piece for an orchestra that I don't know. It's always going to be for a band of mine where I know so well the people. Like I don't write for trumpet or a trombone. I write for this guy or this girl, you know, who play. Um, I know how they play and it's uh, beyond the timbre or beyond the instrument. Yeah, It's more like uh, how to have them shine and do what they do best how's that with you Maria do you also play uh, write for people you know always or well I don't write that much uh, actually, um, nowadays 
Um, either I compose, when I compose songs, I sit on the piano or sit with a guitar and start to, yeah, start to improvise. And sometimes just the lyric comes and then I sit and do it. Or sometimes I really, and, and it's funny because I have also these musical ideas that have been ha haunting me for years and I, <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't sit, sat and like did it uh, yet. And they are like in my mind and they come and they come again and they come again. It's like, okay, now one day I will have to sit and do it. You know, it's very funny. Um, yeah, but I think you have to try. That's also uh, always a matter of trying, trying things. And uh, like Roman said, um, and I used to have bands that we spent a lot of time discussing what we should do. And then in my, my band Quarta B that played in music meeting some years ago. So we have this rule, which is our only rule, I think. And we have to test every idea that comes up. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's, it seems idiot or silly or too complicated or anything. Like we have to test it. And then we are going to judge it after we test it. And it's very interesting exercise. It's very simple and very interesting because uh, sometimes a great idea, it's not a great idea. And sometimes a bad idea is a great idea. Let's grab another question. Let's uh, flip the table around. See what comes up. Biggest lesson learned from another artist or audience? I already have my answer because I was. It also joins the previous question about like uh, uh, um, concerts that really changed uh, perception. But I was thinking I was in Paradiso. Uh, I think it was a couple of years ago. It had to be. It cannot be last year, so it has to be two years ago. Of the Punch Brothers with Chris Tilly. I don't know if you know these guys. They're just like a country plus plus band. But the vibe these guys have, I mean, they're just so relaxed. And I thought how cool it is to be, I don't know, they're nailing it. They know exactly what they're doing. They never make you feel like they're performing. You feel like you're on stage with them. And I thought like, if you can bring that, I thought that was a great lesson that like, the more relaxed you are on stage, the more everyone's relaxed. You don't want to see stressed people on stage. That's what I learned, I think. It's like, you can be as stressed as possible. It's always going to be worse than if you actually try to relax into it because we are all together once you're on stage. It's like you're together with the audience, so you better have a good time with all together. Even if you don't feel really confident or really ready, you better be transparent about what you're doing. And if if, it, if sometimes you do some mistakes, it's all right. But I, thought, I just thought these guys, they were just um, so natural and includes, included everyone uh, uh, in that evening. And I thought it was beautiful and a great way to be uh, performing which is actually not feel that you're seeing a performance, but like just watching a rehearsal or something, or, you know, like it's really um, informal and very formal at the same time because they actually 
always dress like they know exactly. I don't know. They're Americans. That's that might be <laughs> why they're so perfect. And, and it's also good, I think, to remember. Sometimes you watch a concert and you feel like the person is detached from what he or she is bringing. Or you're right. Yeah. And uh, to realize always that that you are an extension of your work and that it really sure. matters what <laughs> what's going yeah. down. Especially with like touring bands where you see show number 99 of their 120 yeah. European show <laughs> yeah. and like you feel that they're detached in that sense that they they just say the same things in between songs. They just like, uh, hello, how are you? And then feel, feel in the place where you are and then it's the same text and it doesn't feel personal at all. So yeah, it's, it's important. There are people came to see you like you owe them something special every night if you can and yourself and yourself yeah, yeah. you might feel better also at the end of yeah. the night yeah what about you maria did you experience something that you thought uh i have to uh can also be your, your own concert like something great or something terrible that made you change or learn something mm. yeah i i was thinking here and i think Every great lesson or, or almost every great lesson that I had with from artists that I loved and that I love and, and colleagues that I also love uh, relates to silence and, and to listening. I think I think it always comes back to that, you know. And and I was thinking as well about a friend of mine uh, who's Danilo Penteado. He's a great musician. We had a band together. And he used to say that uh, the most important thing are the people that we play with and, like, and of course, the audience as well. And that's how it relates uh, with, with what Homan said. Um, but how, like, he used to say that every time And I just, I, I understood that like from many years, uh, ahead, you know, and many years later, sorry. And, um, how, how people, we meet people and these people change you. And this is also about listening because, uh, if you don't listen, you are not affected by people. So, yeah, that's it. So, so listening and being affected by people is like, essential part of music making you know thank you so much for your time and thank your beautiful you. Thank you, music thank you very much thank you we were very deep yeah no these are <laughs> great and tricky uh, we should have prepared yeah yeah i <laughs> no, wasn't no, it's prepared great. <laughs> it's great this was an episode of the music meetup podcast Please find the full concert and more information about the Music Meeting Festival program on musicmeeting.nl. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to get updates on the show. My name is Ruveda, and this podcast is produced by Dag en Nacht Media and Music Meeting. Thanks for listening, and until next time.